Steve, our boys, the Rolling Stones, have a new album. They do. What uh, What do you think? Hackney Diamonds. You know, it took me about two listens through to kind okay. of appreciate the album as a whole. I, I really liked it. I do too. I do too. I think it took them. I think it was a little shaky. The first like four songs, I think were they have too much reverb on his voice. Oh, you think? It, it sounds like the music is like processed, but then his voice sounds like he's in this like massive amphitheater, and it just doesn't quite mesh. It's definitely more heavily produced than the last thing they did was Blue and Lonesome, which was I feel like ten years ago or a long time ago. But that was just all mm. blues covers, no original stuff, and that was very. It yeah. felt like garage bandy kind of like let's just play some blues, you know. It's a fun album. Um, not a big standout for me. Before that was the bigger bang, which people didn't like, but I think it's pretty good mm. actually. But I felt like this one mm. felt a little bit more modern than I was expecting from the Rolling Stones. Yeah, it, everything had slightly modern sound, yeah. and that's why like the reverb and the voice sounded funny to me. That you know, was... uh, our boy Charlie Watts did drums on two of the tracks before he died. Oh, for real? Mess it up and live by no the way. sword. Do have Charlie Watts on it. We saw the Rolling Stones, uh, what was it, 2019? That was a great concert. It was a great oh, concert. Man. I remember at the time we were a little disappointed that we didn't get any of the slower tracks. Yes. Yeah. I did feel like this had some pretty good slow tracks on it. You know, this had some dude, Dreamy Skies, man. Yeah, that is a great freaking song. Even the last song, Sweet Sounds of Heaven, like there were a couple songs like Dreamy Sky. I think was well, whole whole wide world, whole wide world, and depending on you, whole wide world was also good. really kind of yeah. like laid back vibe kind of songs that I liked a lot. To me, that's where the album. That's where it was like, all right, okay, we are now listening to a Rolling Stones album. I think the first four songs really struggled. I think. That's funny because, like, you know, listening to it on vinyl again, like that's side one. And I kind of preferred side one, side A. Really? Oh, man. Side two for me. Okay. All, I, all mean, the I, like, I like Angry, like the lead track. You know, I feel like yeah. that, that's a that's a pretty good one. And and Bite My Head Off is the one that gets stuck in my head. I feel like that's mm -hmm. kind of a banger. And Paul McCartney plays bass on that one. Oh, no. So, way. yeah. Got his hand tucked in his little tiny shirt pocket, just getting ready to play some uh <laughs> play some bass on it but uh, yeah i know i was happy with the album uh, across the board i thought it was yeah it's good i've been listening to a lot i made a playlist of like of uh, bigger bang from 2006 this album and then the few random uh singles that they put out in the mm -hmm. meantime and it's a good playlist you know yeah i thought it was a very eclectic mix of yeah. sounds it's a whole listening experience i feel like of, of of hearing the whole album it's just uh yeah it's good it's solid it was honestly a lot better than i was expecting it to be and i think that uh listening to mick's voice there's not a ton of difference between like late 70s mick jagger and like yeah, 2020s mick jagger I it's mean, the reverb Listen to the old okay, stuff and then listen to these. This one, you'll be like, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah, there's reverb and it's heavy. That really didn't stand out to me, but I do feel like mm. that makes sense for my impression of it was that it overall had a more modern sound and a modern tone to it. So maybe, yeah. maybe I just heard it and kind of like let it melt in. But I, I think, you know, the position of this Endorian life is two thumbs up on Hackney Diamonds. Would you agree? Oh, heck yeah. Okay. Yeah, two thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. Even I was listening to it with Camille in the car. And she liked it. Yeah. She was I, like, good. I listened, I like this, I listened with my son, you know? too. And he was like reading a book at the table or something. And I looked over and bite my head off was playing. And he's just like bopping around, just like absentmindedly, yeah. like reading his book, just like. Yeah. Camille was doing, yeah. you know, doing this head, at the, head, yeah. you know, in the, in the back. And I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah, she really yeah. Does so like there you it. go. <laughs>
Welcome to This Enduring Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we've been following the Ewoks throughout their storied history. But this time, our journey through Star Wars Vintage <laughs> brings us to the Clone Wars micro-series, just in time for its 20th anniversary. Today, we're discussing Volume 1 of the Clone Wars 2D micro-series, yeah. which comprises chapters 1 through 20. And these began airing on the Cartoon Network on November 7th, 2003. 20 we were, years ago. We were, we were middle-aged. Full-grown men. men. <laughs> we were full-grown full grown men. Yeah. So Disney did a weird thing with this, right? Because it's really three seasons, yeah. but Disney kind of broke it up into two volumes. Yeah. One and two. Yeah. Well, watching it as we did, which I'm glad you suggested. I'm glad you suggested we do this at all because I know that I've seen isolated segments from this but to really like mm -hmm. sit down and watch it i don't think that i had but i think doing doing all 20 volumes together makes sense because it does you do have a bit of a conclusion to it so the series is directed by gendy tartakovsky and written primarily by him and derek bachman season wow. one includes chapters one through ten and again these are three minute episodes so three minute episodes mm -hmm. strung together Originally aired on Cartoon Network from November 7th to November 20th, 2003. Season 2, which is the next 10 episodes, 11 through 20, uh, aired from March 26th to April 8th, 2004. So spanning across two years here, we have these. And I will say, watching it, you do kind of notice, okay, I get how this could be three-minute segments, but it, it does yes. work. Released on DVD is Volume 1 on March 22nd, 2005. Released on Disney Plus on April 2nd, 2021. Which is crazy, because that's like two years ago. And, like, I completely forgot that it was there, you know? I feel like it's kind of forgotten in the same way that the Ewoks and the Droids shows are. Because the later yeah. Clone Wars series, like the CGI Clone Wars series, is so beloved that I feel like people sort of forget this little, like, lead back into Star Wars animation. Which, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm glad for the revisit. Some cast members in common, James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan mm -hmm. Kenobi in both. Matt Lucas plays Anakin Skywalker here, and he did that in many video games. We have Gray Griffin as Padme, Tom Kane as Yoda, Corey Burton as Count Dooku, Andre Soluzzi as the ARC captain, yeah, and, yeah. of course, of course, Anthony Daniels yep. as C-3PO. Though he sounded weird to me. Did it sound the C-3PO voice? I was kind of surprised yeah. that it was him, because it felt a little weird to me. It did. It, it, it maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit uh, like oddly robotic. I don't know. Maybe it's just the something way they about different it. recording yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I know. don't know. Here's a nice little connection for you, Steve. Our featured cast member today is Cree Summers. Cree Summers, of mm. course, voiced Nisa yep. in the Ewok series, and she makes her return to the Star Wars world nearly 20 years later to voice Jedi Luminara Unduli. So she's here in chapter. Oh no way! Yeah, she's here in chapter 14. And oh. it's not a ton of voice work, but it's the first time Kree Summers did a Star Wars character since Nisa. How does that work? How does that look? Oh yeah, we need a we need some uh, female voices yeah. here. Who do we look? Yeah. Who do we look at? Let's first let's look at who's done Star Wars voices in the past, and it's just like All they right, probably well, didn't really even know. Honestly, they probably didn't even know because Nisa was her first thing, and then she became like a voice acting legend. So that's true. She was pretty prolific. Yeah. At the time. she probably was just like, "Oh, you need a Star Wars voice? Like I've done yeah. Star Wars voices before," and they were like, "Wait, what? Yeah. You have?" <laughs> So it's, it seems like she makes it like every decade or so because she came about 10 years later to play Hilo Viz in the Knights of the Old Republic games. 
Then in oh, another no 10 years, so current as of time of recording, she voices the recurring character of Marla Gennara in the Young Jedi Adventures. Oh, wow. So, but yes, we have uh, we have Cree Summers here. So it's come full, full circle oh. with our friends, the Ewoks. That's very cool. Well, uh, I don't know how you're going to do this, but do you want to give us an uber detailed plot for the Clone Wars Volume 1? Let's do this. Star Wars Clone Wars 2D Micro Series Volume 1, Chapters 1 through 20. <laughs> <laughs> Volume 1 of the series focuses on pivotal battles in the Clone Wars that also highlights several recognizable and key characters from Star Wars. Obi-Wan leads a massive assault on the surface of the planet Munalist, home of the Banking Clan who are allied with the Separatist forces, while Anakin is tasked personally by Supreme Chancellor Palpatine to lead the space battle in orbit. Meanwhile, Count Dooku allies with Asajj Ventress, who enters the battle on Munalist in order to steal Anakin away, which she does successfully when Anakin refuses to obey Obi-Wan's command to stay on task during the battle. Obi-Wan is left alone to deal with Dirge, a bounty hunter placed in command of the Separatist ground forces. Using his cunning arc troopers, Obi-Wan is successful in defeating Dirge, despite the bounty hunter's unique abilities. Anakin, although drawn away from safety, also successfully confronts Asajj Ventress in an epic saber battle, though both of them survive. Anakin returns just after Obi-Wan defeats Dirge for good, or so they believe. Meanwhile, the Clone Wars rage on in other reaches of the galaxy. Mace Windu is confronted with a massive B-2 super battle droid army on the planet of Dantooine. There, he manages to destroy a devastating droid weapon, spelling a solid but costly victory over the Separatist forces there. Kipthisto takes charge of the joint clone and Mon Calamari forces on the underwater world of Mon Cala in order to defeat the Separatist-allied aquatic species Quarren, who have managed to gain a fin hold in the depths of the planet's ocean. Luminara Unduli and Barris Alfi are trapped on the planet Ilum by assassin droids with cloaking abilities. Fortunately, Yoda and Padme respond and aid their fellow Jedi in defeating the droids with the help of C-3PO, of course. Volume 1 truly culminates on the planet Hypori, where several Jedi warriors are pinned down by a massive Separatist droid force. The stranded Jedi are confronted by a droid warrior capable of wielding lightsabers. This droid is revealed to be none other than General Grievous. Grievous successfully kills all the remaining Jedi single-handedly. What will be the Jedi Hunter's next dastardly deed? Roll credits. It's a good time. Man, dude, 30 seconds into this, yeah. it is more Star Wars than, I know. than the entire Ewok and droid. I know. Uh, this, like... Oh, man, everything about it. It has such a unique, I don't know, the look of it, the feel of it, just like the intensity of it. Yeah. Some of the versions of the characters you get are just, like, so cool. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very unique in, in, in the way that they do things. I thought it was kind of, and I don't, this is probably not intentional, but I actually thought it was kind of comparable to the animation in Story of the Faithful Wookiee. Like, even though this is, you know, mm -hmm. this is much more polished and, and that one's, the way that all the characters' features are very exaggerated, you know, like yeah. in this, you know, Anakin's got like the big butt chin and like, you know, the little pug <laughs> nose and 
Obi-Wan's all angular yeah. and, you know, Dooku's all like tall and skinny. It really, uh, it kind of reminded me of what they were doing in Story of the Faithful Wookiee. So I thought there was mm-hmm. a nice little connection there. Yeah. I wanted to share some listener feedback we got because I wanted to, I'm curious like what your history with this is. So over uh, on X, Aaron Sinner had this to say, I remember treating each three-minute episode as must-see TV back when these originally aired. I even taped each one on my VCR to make my own little home copy. Still think it's great. Though the over-the-top action works better in three minute doses versus watching it all at once uh i do agree with that <laughs> that's true there are i agree with that yeah. we were watching it and my son leaned over and he was like why is nobody talking and it's true there are extended sequences there are a lot of long which i think yeah. works better you know if you're gonna watch a three minute scene just have it be like a pure true action sequence yeah so i definitely remember these airing it was not must see tv for me but i know that i caught them just occasionally when i saw them and i always mm-hmm. thought they were cool like I said, I don't think I sat down and really watched it start to finish until I did for this. So what's your history with this? Uh, mine was, I, it was just random episodes, okay. right? But I, I do remember catching Grievous and knowing about him prior to... Well, he's much cooler in this than he is in the movies. Right, I had completely forgotten about the fact that he wields those lightsabers until he opens himself up and starts doing yeah. the, the flinging. And I was like, wait a minute. I've seen this before, yeah. you know, but like his character, when like people next to me were like, who is this guy? And I'm like, yo, it's General Grievous. How do you not know? You know, and it's just like, not everyone saw this series. No. It was like a very. And it was very untraditional, you know, like having, yes. having it not be like, all right, this is going to air at, you know, for a half hour block at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning or whatever. It's just sort of like, boom, 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 boom. They're like little know? stingers. Yeah. It's like an entire series made up of just stingers. And, you know, I mean, obviously we had the internet in 2003, but it was, it was not the same as it is now like it wasn't really like you know nobody's on you know social media or something being like okay this is when the next episode is or watch it here like you really had to know when it was on and you had to like catch it when it was on and like that was it yeah you couldn't be like oh yeah i'm just gonna find it on youtube i'll find it on youtube youtube wasn't like mecca of everything yet you know i thought that the voices were interesting because I feel like James Arnold Taylor's version of Obi-Wan in this is a lot closer to Ewan McGregor. He's a lot tougher in this than he is later in Clone Wars. Because yeah. in Clone Wars, he gets very like, well, Anakin, we have to go and go do this thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, and here he's much more like intense. <laughs> Anakin. Yeah. You know, yeah, he is He is more of like a leader aspect. Yeah. And he's tough. I thought, like, I thought I the weakest voice was actually... He's a lot tougher in this than he does in other things. Oh, he do- yeah, he's definitely. And, and, it's, and it's funny, I think on the contrary to... To that i thought anakin's voice was very weak i said the same thing it's well it's this. annoying he's very like master you know i think they did very good at hitting everything quintessentially star wars also adding their own like little weird quirky things like the speeder bikes with the um jousting the jousting. i know i did write right? down the jousting i thought the jousting was odd. i was just like oh man i don't remember that but it just seems so funny it did the, you know the whole water sequence with kit fisto i thought was really fun too that was great that's, that's, oh the lightsaber in the water yeah. that was really cool the look of it yeah did you notice how it almost seemed like both droid and clone trooper were very expendable yes right that there was almost like very like just that yeah, ripping through them, you know? that battle on dantooine with that that thing that like hammered into the to, to the planet surface yeah. and like destroyed everything there were droids there like the droids didn't care that the droids were getting destroyed yeah. it was just like eh, we'll get them all yeah. like everyone will die and we'll just win because we're droids we're not even alive but i just thought that it was funny that like 
this, even in watching the movies, if you go back and watch, there is an awful lot of expending of resources foolishly. And I realized that, like, well, that will happen when your army is just droids and the other army is just clone troopers. Yeah. It's like just human droids yeah. at that point. Right. We're like, ah, we'll just clone some more. Right. And so it's just like, I don't know if that, this is where they start that, right? Like episode two, everyone gets on their Star Destroyers yeah. and then episode two ends. But like, this is your first introduction of like, bro, this is a, this is a serious war because like people are dying left and right. And it doesn't seem like anybody I cares. All of the combat was, was a lot more intense and, and you, yeah. you saw some like true fighting when, when Anakin is flying around and he does that thing where, well, first of all, he loses a bunch of guys like right off the bat. That's like, yeah. oh my gosh, okay. And then he kind of gets them all together and he's like tells them to shoot at a time that doesn't make sense, but he's like using the force. And then yes. the Star Destroyer kind of moves and the shots go and like take out the whole fleet. Such a cool moment. And like you don't see yep. a lot of that in the movies. You don't. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Love Count Dooku. I mean, I think I'm glad you remember that scene. That was a great it scene. Was a really good... That was a great scene in, in the in the uh, show. It was a really good scene. I thought Dooku yeah. was very cool in this. I thought his first battle, like his lightsaber battle, was really cool. Um, yeah. How about that gross, like snaky tissue monster that Obi-Wan Kenobi fired? Yeah, that's... that I'm not hundred percent sure he's done. What did you think? I thought he was interesting. When I looked him up, I was like, oh, he's a bounty hunter. That's different. It was just, the whole thing was different. The way, like, the arm gets cut off and then it crawls back together and stuff. It was just a different kind of, like, gross-out kind of monster that Star Wars doesn't normally do, so... Well, they defeat him. Like, Obi-Wan finally defeats him, right? When he, like, basically splatters everywhere. But you do see the the tissue starting to move. And then the scene cuts. Mace Windu sequence, also really cool. Like, with him sort of being kind of prescient, like, knowing what's going to happen and everything, I thought was... Mm -hmm. I really liked how it used the different Jedi in different ways. Rather than just making everybody, like, a, you know, slash, slash, slash kind of lightsaber fighter, people did different things with the the Force, and I I really appreciated that. How about that wolf Jedi that we just got, like, a glimpse of? Oh, yeah. I looked it up. (laughs) Volvif Mon. Really? You just see him for like a second, but I think we'll see him more in uh, when we get to volume two. This needs to be my Halloween costume one year. Yeah, I, people, th- I think so. The one person that gets it, I think so. and by name, I'll be like, yep. we are we are friends. Yep. yep. We are friends. I just, making Grievous actually a cool character versus like the coughing old man he is in the movies. I think it was a very intense character that. in this. Yeah. Oh, how about the loss of R4, though? Our friend, the droid. Oh, yeah. That was rough. When Anakin lands and he's like about to get into it with Ventress and he's like, R4! And then the thing blows up. Oh. That's like, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like killing an animal in a movie. I don't want to see it. And it was the same with R4. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I want. I just in my heart, he's uh, his program was downloaded, and he's going to get a shiny new body. That's oh, that's what man. I want. That's what I want. Um, <laughs> what's your Oak of Arc moment? What didn't you like? That's tough. Okay, I think it was Dirge. Oh, okay. He was interesting and unique, but his character to me stood out in a funny way. Yeah. I think. Okay. I also didn't like Anakin's voice. That I could not get over. No, I I feel I feel you on that. I liked Dirge. I but, thought. Like, given the style of the show, like, I don't think that kind of character would fit in the movies or even, like, in the in the mainline, like, Clone Wars That's true. Cartoon. And maybe that's what I'm thinking of, that, like, he was, like, a... He's, like, he's good for animation. Yeah, but I, see, I kind really of appreciated it. that, that they were using the medium yeah. to do unusual things. But I get it. That's weird. I... That... 
I, I remember I remember what really bothered me. The entire army of IG assassin droids was just like, whoa. All right. Yeah. Like I, assassin droids are great at killing people, but they are not soldiers yeah. per se. I, I saw them and I was like, well, hey, it's an assassin droid. And then I was like, oh, that's a lot. But okay. They're all assassin yeah. droids. That's, they're assassin droids because yeah. they are good at hiding and killing one person in a crowd of people, yeah. but not like open warfare. So I think that really to me, but it was the, the whole dirge. And then that I was just like, of the villains. oh, that's okay. Yeah. I think mine probably was the jousting. I just thought it was so weird to like, all right, everybody pack up the jousting equipment just in case. Like, I just thought <laughs> it was so strange. And the one time where you see Palpatine, when you see like Darth Sidious and he's a, uh, he's a hollow projector. He's on like a little spider, like robot that like walks around yeah. carrying him. I also thought that was kind of stupid, but. Well, yeah. that's in the um, that's in episode. I one. still didn't like it. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, so I still didn't it's like funny it. You mentioned that because I did think like, can he like still see? Right. He's just walking <laughs> I know. around. Like, that's what I'm like. like why yeah. is he walking around right. in hologram that's, form in Dooku's that's palace? Like, where's I, he going? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I thought it was weird. All right, what's your uh, what's your Ichi wah wah moment? That scene with. Anakin and Asajj Ventress, mm -hmm. where they, you know, they haven't spoken a word, and it starts to rain. Yeah. And it focuses on the saber, yeah. and you see one droplet of rain go sizzle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Ventress is out there, and all you hear is yeah, yeah. And then it's like, dude, that was so. This era, one, two, and three, had some insanely good choreography, man. Yeah, all of the best saber battles are in the prequels. I I think that's true. The the sizzling in the rain did remind me of the Kylo Ray duel in Force Awakens in the snow, which I do I really like. I think that's a good. Oh, that's true. So it was kind of a callback to me. This isn't my Ichiwawa, but it's right up there, right before they get to that point, and Anakin and the in the clone army kind of land on this planet, and they're in the jungle, and all of the guys around him keep get taken out systematically one by one. Yeah kind of brutal way like predator yes that was that was a pretty intense scene but i yeah. think that i gotta give it to the kit fisto sequence i just thought that was really you know like we got, man. The, we got the gungan stuff and we got like some chases in water and there are like limited star wars water scenes but i just felt like the way kit fisto just like comes alive in the water and does this whole yep. fight sequence it just was very unique to me and i feel like Anytime I can see something and be like, oh, wow, I don't think I've ever seen that in Star Wars before. And this was kind of that moment for me. It was very, very yeah. memorable in that way for all the right ways. So, and Kit Fisto is the person, perfect character. I always like too, Kit right? Fisto and like just I like his look. I like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was such a good like showcase for him that I, I really liked that quite a bit. It's hard to rate. I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of complaints on it, honestly. I feel I, like it's I don't either. really yeah. strong. So I could I could be convinced to go with the distance and say five stars on this because I uh, liked it a lot. I, I'm glad you said it first. I'm five to <laughs> Okay. There you, go. Like, all right. five you know, like all the things I think that I didn't like about this, if I if I have to be honest with myself didn't really have any bearing on the quality of the story and the animation. It's just like, I really just didn't like Anakin's voice, Yeah, but it wasn't terrible. It just was like, yeah. Oh, and honestly, it seems like Obi-Wan's trying to be like Obi-Wan, but Anakin wasn't really trying to be Anakin. That's what I think bugged me. I, yeah, that, you know? that's true. I do think the, the Obi-Wan voice was doing its best 
and I think the Anakin voice was doing kind of a take on Hayden Christensen's performance rather than trying in, to just, in episode two. rather than trying to yes. mimic it. He was sort of doing a spin on it, which, you know, I appreciate, but I think because the other was so close, it kind of stood out. Yeah. This was a success. Uh, I'm again, thank yeah. you for coming up with this to do. And it only makes sense that we cover, I mean, this would have been the only star Wars vintage thing that we're not covering. So we, we yeah. got to get in here and do it. Perfect timing. Today's the 20th anniversary. Uh, mm-hmm. November 7th. So that's that's great. November 7th is also Election Day, everybody. So if you're listening to this on oh, November 7th, make sure you vote in local elections uh, as well yeah. as the big ones because the little ones matter too. The little ones do matter. I know. What, they, they affect your I, town, the, the, right? The little, honestly, the little yeah. ones I feel like affect your everyday life more than yeah. more than the big ones in a lot of ways. But anyway, that's, that's a PSA here from the Centurion Life. Go, PSA, yeah. go vote. <laughs> Uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in this time. Next time, we'll be staying put right here in Star Wars Vintage, covering the remainder of the series with Clone Wars Volume 2. I'll see you next time, man. I, see you later, buddy. I'm really excited. Yeah. Me too. I'm a minute to win it. This Enduring Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 90s Music Got Me Like, previously on X-Men, and 9021 Here We Go! Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or X at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts.